As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. We are about 90 minutes after the Browns um, wrapped up. Another win, as you know, if you're coming in here. Um, this will be our Civilized Barking post-game chat, which we do just about after every game. Usually um, right now after interviews wrap up and, and live from the stadium. So it's Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd and you guys um, coming in. I'm, I'm watching out there, Jason. I don't know if you can see the field from where you are. They're fixing some of the divots and adding the side they don't play here for two weeks um man (laughs) they dominated the first half because the defense really is that good and then of course you're going to give up something you don't want to give up a 74 yard touchdown especially when you only give it up 64 yards in the entire first half but it turned on um they couldn't get a yard and the rookie quarterback was overmatched and it just kind of felt like the Steelers were either going to send the game to overtime or win then all of a sudden, the defense does what it does again. And the Browns go down. All of a sudden, the rookie QB goes bang, 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 three quick and easy completions. And let's start with this. To me, as soon as they cross the 40-yard line, I don't even know how much exact time was left. I mean, obviously, 40-ish seconds. You know it's over because you trust the kicker. All right, so they've swung the momentum. They've made the plays that they didn't make for really two and a half quarters. But to me, I'm sitting there going, well, I know that all they have to do is manage it. And, and the coach managed it really well, but let's start with the kicker. There's no doubting that last kick. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I actually was thinking he's missed kicks two weeks in a row. So there was a little bit of doubt to me of like, well, let's see. And to his credit, he banged it through and Hopkins has been a godsend to this team. He's, he may not be the MVP, but he's top five in, in terms of importance for this year. And it just was stuck in the back of my head that he's missed kicks in consecutive weeks now, and this would be a bad time to go to make it three because I don't know if the Browns were getting another chance in overtime in just the way that the game was going. Um, And, you know, in the whole DTR conversation, his his final numbers are are obviously not great. He had the one turnover, but, you know, how many many drops did he have? How many drops did Njoku had? What, three probably off the top of my head? Three for sure. We'll see how some of the other ones get counted. I don't think the last one. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, 
he, for the most part, like, I, you know, guys in the locker room felt like he was getting the ball out quick, which they, they liked. It was coming out quick. He was making decisions quickly. He wasn't holding the ball back there and getting himself killed and putting them in bad spots. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say he played great. He didn't. But I just think his final numbers may have been a little bit better if he got a little bit more help from his receivers. Uh, but ultimately, you know, aside from the one interception, which really came off a deflection, he forced a couple, Zach, where you and I went, ooh. But yeah. for the most part, you know, I mean, we might disagree on this. I didn't think he was terrible. It's certainly better than P.J. Walker. And Well, he no, he wasn't. Now, no, he, he was terrible for a stretch, and it was going backwards. But Yes, but in the second half. Th- third quarter yeah. into the fourth quarter, it was not going well offensively. Steelers, it yeah. felt like, knew what was coming. They knew they were going to throw the ball beyond five yards. They couldn't run the ball. That, that was a rough stretch. But for the most part, he didn't make the big critical error um, that was going to cost him the game. Right. And, and he got a shot at the end, and it totally was a reversal of everything you had seen in the second half. Um, and it was a guy in that moment, like we saw maybe at other times, but he promised he'd be different, right, in makeup and preparation and composure, and that's what it took. And then even, Jason, when they get into range and I'm not sweating it, you know, it, it gets goofy there with the penalty and they're trying to kill the time. And at one point they didn't have any timeouts and he audible, or, or I don't know if it's an audible. He gets them in the play where they run it to Kareem in the middle. And, and that's what you're supposed to do there. Yeah. But yeah. it took a certain level of poise and of preparation to know that that's what you're doing there. Because even if they're yelling it to you from the sideline or trying to get it, your helmet there, you're not hearing it in that moment. <laughs> Right. And uh, things are crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you could argue all day about what his grade is. And and I think you certainly have to be concerned that if this is the rest of the year and it probably is how many of these you're going to go on your way. But the kid came out and only turned it over once, even if he was a little fortunate. Uh, One penalty involving pre-snap or, you know, the, the operation. Right. And then you need him to make a play at the end. And he does. So so the defense just continues to ball out just at a level that's incredible and the kicker and the coach and everything's good. And so your quarterback who's over his head, I, I don't have a problem saying that and, and not a lot that I saw change that, right. Makes the plays and delivers. So you go to seven and three and, and we'll see how it goes the rest of the way offensively. Can this defense hold up? You know, how do teams, I, I think some of it, I think the Steelers weren't sure how to rush him. It's it, it, some of it. Um, quite frankly, but this is one that feels like it's going to loom large. Uh, a team that was even with you in the standings, that's right in the mix. You know, if if Lamar Jackson was to fall into the Inner Harbor, then maybe, you know, you're still alive <laughs> in the division, right? Um, you're trying to get to 10. You're trying to make the best of this situation. And when the rookie doesn't sink all the way, saves you at the end, and you get to seven with seven left, and you beat the Steelers, and it's absolute ugly street fight the way you thought it might be or figured it was and you find a way then then you celebrate and they sure were doing that here uh downstairs and over the last hour defensively uh there was a stretch there again second half where it felt like they just were getting gashed a little bit obviously the one big run to warren uh but they just it time of possession they weren't really on the field a ton but there was the one drive what like the seven minute drive where it just sort of felt like it was starting to go. It just felt to me like, okay, I know how this ends. And, and we've said that so many times this year of, well, we've seen this before. We know how this ends. And yet the Browns keep fighting back and in, in, in adding a different ending to it than we expected because 
I got to tell you, when they made it 10-10, I thought Pittsburgh was going to win this game. I didn't really give the Browns much of a hope at that point, especially when they get the ball back late. But the defense held again. And, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to write about Kevin. And, you know, you and I talked about it briefly in the locker room. I think I'm going to write about Kevin and the fact I think he I think he deserves an extension. I think he's done an unbelievable job this year. And I was talking to one of the players in the locker room who said basically, like, he goes off his gut more now that he's been around. Like, the longer you do something, the better you should be at it. And I kind of hold out hope with DTR is the same. The more he does it, you know, he should get a little bit better at it. But in terms of Kevin, you know, I was talking to a player who felt like it's not everything isn't by the numbers anymore. It isn't. Well, the analytics say we have to go for it here, so we're going to go for it here. Obviously, it's still very much a data-driven organization, but it's just the feeling that, like, he's getting a little bit more comfortable with himself. He he knows when to go with the momentum of the game. He's trusting his defense. Certainly this year, they're trusting the defense with punt and play defense, punt and play defense, flip the field position, get the ball back, and get three out of it. And it just feels like – I know I'm a little bit all over the place and rambling on this, but it feels like – to me, this is Kevin's best performance since he's been here. And just in terms of the season, not not necessarily today, but just when you look at all the injuries that they've had. Yeah, today was really good. Yeah, When you look at all the injuries that they've had this year, and for him to keep them where they are, I just think he's done a terrific job this year. Yeah, no, today today was really good because Kevin has talked about this before, sometimes miscalculating it. You know, they have an idea of how the game might go, and then they have an idea of, of how they want it to go, obviously, if if then type of thing. Right. And I think both sides had to know that 13 to 10 was a likely outcome here. Right. That, that if it got away from that range anyway, certainly not right on the number, um, that it meant some some wild stuff happened. Right. And, and the Steelers were teetering. They were down 10 nothing. They got completely dominated. Like I said, they, they averaged not even two yards of play in the first quarter or first half. Uh, but they come back, they get the big one and then everything changed. And you're right. I, I, I mean, someone super optimistic or in DTR's family might might think differently. But we're watching that entire fourth quarter thinking that either the Steelers are going to win or it's going to end in a tie. Yeah. Like that just what well, the Browns were going backwards. They they could not make plays. And, and you're right, it, it wasn't on there's a couple of those balls that are caught and it's different. Um and, and Njoku's not the only one who dropped them today, right? But like this this Steelers defense is really good. They know it was finally the first time all year that somebody knew. Um everybody in the stadium knew the ball was going to Amari Cooper and someone finally stopped it. Right. So he got the other guys involved. Elijah makes big plays and Joku makes the biggest play. Um, they swing it out to Kareem hunt. Yeah. I've seen some questions. I don't know why Jerome Ford didn't play more in the second half. I, there was no injury announcement. There was no Jerome limping around the locker room or anything like that. I don't know. Um, and if he did an interview, I didn't see it um, afterwards, but yeah. To, to the larger point about Kevin and managing it and keeping yourself afloat and finding a way, absolutely. And obviously, Jim Schwartz, um, not just today and, and most of the Sundays, but dating back to the spring and the summer, they've they've changed the culture of the defense. They are winning in the fourth quarter, regardless of what they've done in the first three quarters. Guys are flying around, and your two best players, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, are playing at the highest level of their careers. So. You know, it is a shame that this defense might get wasted in terms of bigger prizes because of, of the offense. But if you want to go super optimistic and see a coach that is feeling the game, like you said, and knows exactly what buttons to push, and a rookie QB who should only get better 
from this and comes out of it positive instead of the absolute lowest of the lows like he did in his first start, then yeah, then then you can think so. And, you know, the Browns play teams the next two weeks they can beat. It'll be different on the road. Um, you know, eventually somebody is going to break this deep. One thing, and I, and I haven't done a good enough job about this, the Browns are constantly running 20 more plays a game than the other team is. <laughs> and, and that's a big deal. And that's a credit to the defense and the management. Right, picking up the fourth downs, knowing when to push the buttons, and um, you know that that should pay off. I, I thought the defense did get a little tired today, but in the last six Steelers plays before that desperation one at the end, it's minus five yards. I mean, they're freaking hard to block, and they get back there and they make plays, and they finish tackles. They do what you do. They had an undrafted rookie safety out there today. They lost Anthony Walker, who means so much to them pre-snap and post-snap. And the defense is still out there kicking ass. And so, uh, yeah, they they earned this one. There's no doubt. Because it felt like, Jason, it absolutely felt like they weren't going to win. But also, no one leaves the stadium thinking, well, the Steelers should have won that game. Right. Zero percent. Yeah, Brown's down to their fourth safety maybe next week going against Russell Wilson. It's worth monitoring uh, the health of McLeod and whether or not they can get Juan Thornhill back. Uh, tackle. Kevin said after the game he's never done it before. We saw rotating tackles at right tackle with with DeWand and, and Hudson. And, you know, I talked about it this week. We've seen Hudson against T.J. Watt the last two years, and both ended in murders. So I wasn't really interested in seeing that again. Hudson, for the most part, seemed like he held his own. The blocking held up. There was the one series where Hudson got flagged for illegal hands and then came back and gave up a sack on the next play, basically single-handedly sabotaging the drive. Uh, and the Browns, that was late in the game, right? Third quarter, fourth quarter, I don't remember. Uh, but the rotating tackles, you know, you talked about before with DeWan's size, every injury is significant in terms of joint injuries with him just because of how big he is. But he wasn't 100%, but they got they squeezed enough snaps out of him uh, to to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when James Hudson gets that penalty, that's a moment I thought, okay, the Steelers win. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and it didn't, it didn't matter. So, yeah, I I mean, look, injuries are a part of it, and nobody likes it, but Nick Chubb's been gone for two months, guys. Um, you got to keep plugging on, and they have adapted, and they have found ways. And I've been hard on Elijah Moore and the state of the past game, the the past catching group specifically, uh, the past game in general is still not good. But Elijah Moore, again, is making plays in the fourth quarter. A drop early doesn't scare anybody. He's making plays in the fourth quarter. That's what counts. You know, there's freaking Harrison Bryant, again. Just the, the definition of just a guy out there giving you plays, playing quarterback, high school offensive tackle, right? When you when you need them, um, guys are making sacrifices on this team. Starters are moving down and playing special teams. And James Prochet had a good punt return today after he easily could have been the goat last week. Um, you know, Schwartz talked this week, and the defensive guys have talked about just believing and just having a feeling and. That stuff matters. It really does. And and if that defense today could have easily given up one more play or been wounded or said, you know what, we've damn done our part, and these guys can't even get a first down, let alone three more points for us. But they didn't. They came and they balled out. And, and frankly, that's what I would be writing about again if it wasn't for the rookie QB doing this. So from the absolute one of the worst performances there could ever be, and now, guys, I, I know some of you saw when I tweeted this. Um, three starting quarterbacks have won. Jason asked me how rare that is. So so we did some digging. Three starting quarterbacks have won. Only once has that happened for the Browns in the new era. 
And that was 2010 with Jake DeLome, Seneca Wallace, and Colt McCoy. Oh, my God. So Deshaun's not coming back. And there was a time in the fourth quarter that I thought they should put PJ in. I, I'm not going to run from that either. But DTR gets his win. Um, you got to think DTR is going to be the starter. And let's talk about Joe Flacco, Jason, because I know everybody wants to do it. Um, yeah. Guys, first, let's – before we get into the process and what I think is going to happen here, let's temper expectations. Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco. He's 38 years old, and he's available on Thanksgiving week for a reason, right? <laughs> but um, so, you know, he is a big guy with a big arm and has played in a ton of games. He's been in this league since 2008. He's played in the Super Bowls. He's starting games as recently as last year. He's played in different systems. He's played on teams with good defenses. He's played in situations where he'd had to be the guy. You know, his best days are behind him. But, you know, they need to add a guy. Um, they certainly they've had going on a week now to explore their options. Frankly, they've been somewhat in the market um, all the way through. The trade deadline was only two and a half weeks ago um, when he was the only one that they tried out. That told me that they're probably going to sign him this week, probably to the practice squad. I don't know if 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 he doesn't do that, if he requires some sort of financial demand, the Browns probably have to pay it. So you get him in here, you learn the system, you let him chuck it around, you let him work with those guys. And you have him ready just in case. I I, I think it is zero percent realistic for people to say play Joe Flacco next week. And I probably put it at one percent to thirty percent at most realistic to think that Joe Flacco at any time in the next three or four weeks is going to be a huge upgrade. But for it to happen, he would need to be here learning the offense, getting comfortable, shaking the rust. He hasn't played football. I don't think he was even in a, in a camp with anyone this summer. Right. And then that would be kind of a last resort. So you, know, you can fairly look at today and say, oh, my gosh, the offense, it's just not good enough. And, and you're probably right. But it was. And you have to hope that the rookie gets better. Um, you are going to play against some opposing defenses that aren't as nasty as the Steelers. They don't drag you into this game environment. Right. And, and DTR has been here since May. And even though the, the practice of the Ravens game was the first time he ever threw to Amari Cooper and Najoku, now he's done it. So he should only get better from here. What's his ceiling? You know, can he survive as little as he is out here running? I think it's going to be like a little bit of an Elijah Moore situation where he starts to seem smaller every week, frankly. But like, you know, if he can get more comfortable and, and hit more of those easy ones, that includes his guys catching it, then I still think you, you could see better. And I, I think Flacco is an emergency only option. What say you? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned – I mean, his first two starts are against the Ravens and the Steelers. Can you think of two worst opponents right. to have to start right. against for a, right. a rookie fifth-round quarterback? So, yeah, listen, I'm not going to say I'm bullish on him, but I do think that he's going to get better with more reps and more game experience. He's seen it now. He's And now he'll go through another week of getting all the practice reps. And I don't – I mean, I, I saw a little bit on social media about Flacco, but – I. I think it's catastrophe if he takes a, a meaningful snap, actually, for the rest of the season. I think it's this DTR the rest of the way. That's, and, probably, and, that's probably right. Yes. And, I mean, I guess my thing is, why didn't they do this a month ago if this is the route you're going to go? And I know, you know, Deshaun wasn't on IR at the time. But if you thought he was better than P.J. Walker to begin with, then why didn't you bring him in and cut P.J. Walker? So well, I, I, I – Go ahead. <laughs> Well, let's just be honest. Timing has mattered in this whole thing. Sure. Right. Sean gets hurt in week three and apparently tells the team he's going to play. 
Right. So then they go to the morning of the game, even though he hasn't thrown all week, and and then they they throw this rookie out there against that defense, like you said, with a shit game plan and no prayer. He turns the ball over one time. The Ravens follow that quick score, then one good drive, and that's over, and he just gets drilled. Well, P.J. at that point wasn't an option because he didn't get here until the week of the first game, right? And, and he knew he wasn't that good to start with. Then P.J. delivers, gives you big moments, gives you chances to win against the Niners and the Colts. He wins that for you. But Kevin saw the turnover machine that he was, and they saw his ceiling. And I think it was a lot of things. Uh, Kevin will never give us a straight answer on this. And that's fine. I think it was a lot of things. I think it was the organizational commitment to DTR. I think it was they did DTR wrong the last time. And I think it's a long-term play here to say they know who and what P.J. Walker is. And yes, should they, in retrospect, have not traded Dobbs and and have added someone else at the deadline if if that was even 5% realistic? Yes. You know, going down that if takes you down a whole other road here. But they had to look and say, hey, we, we have to let this kid play and we have to see here. And so, you know, they're they're in a spot where they're fine scratching and clawing, especially with this this defense. And, and, and you know, they got to know um, what the ceiling is unless this offensive ceiling changes. And that was going to be true even without Deshaun or even with Deshaun in there. Right. Um, but I think it was a, there were a lot of things that said, we, we know who and what P.J. Walker is and we have to play DTR. And then you look at it and you say, oh, my gosh, we have this career backup and this fifth-round rookie who, who's starting basically from zero. Like, we have to go get someone else. And looking at the list, which everyone did and, and will continue to do if Joe Flacco doesn't sign here by Tuesday afternoon, um, it, there's nobody there. Phillip Rivers is coaching high school football. Matt Ryan is on TV. You know, they've never wanted Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill for reasons that are valid. And even if one of those guys was to get cut, right? So th- then you're into like other teams' practice squads. And, you know, Kellen Mond is not on this team because he's not any good. And Brett Rippon started for the Rams and got cut the next day because he's not any good. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and then poaching off practice squads brings a whole other thing to where you have to keep guys for three weeks and then you bringing them in. I mean, look, I, I don't know Joe Flacco personally. I know he's been a pros pro in this league for a long time and he's uh, had his ups and downs, mostly downs since he left the Ravens five, five years ago. But if you think that he's in a good space to be the emergency guy and come in and think, because really Jason, you're looking at your whole locker room. Now. This is playoff mode, right? This is when you're counting on your veterans to keep guys locked in, and keep guys working. And Miles just talked about it post game. He said he looks around here and he sees the dedication. He doesn't see every play perfect. He doesn't see every guy happy and healthy. But he sees at practice, in the meetings, the guys doing what they need to do to get themselves ready for Sunday. Is Certainly on the defensive side, that's showing itself. And that needs to, to extend now because the stakes get higher. And this team has a chance to, you know, whether it ends up being back in the playoffs or get dragged to the playoffs or whether they get hot and roll into the playoffs, I know nobody wants to see this defense. So you're just about getting there and you have to ensure this further ensure this quarterback room in some regard, whether you think it's the insurance is an actual upgrade or not. A couple more points on Flacco. I do think that he could serve an important role though, just in terms of you mentioned earlier, he's seen everything there is to see. I think he can be a, a terrific resource for DTR in the, in the quarterback room, just in preparation throughout the week, film study, all that extra set of eyes show what, what he needs to see 
Uh, I mean, obviously Deshaun can as well, but it sounds like Deshaun's going to have the surgery this week. He's probably not going to be around. So Joe, more than anything, I think his most valuable contribution to this team could come Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. He can't move at all. If he does have to be thrust into a game, he does not fit the mold of of Deshaun and, and Dorian in terms of guys who can move around the pocket. Like, he's a statue. And if protection breaks down, he's going down. Yeah. Uh, so so that part's the work. And then I was at the Cavs game uh, Friday night, and I had a couple people asking me, why did they just sign him Friday? I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, it's just – it's a cap thing, and why sign him Friday and have to then cut him a game check? Am I right or am I wrong? By waiting until Monday, the pro rate, and it, we're talking about a, a very yeah. significant amount of money, but it's still a few dollars. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't even that? think it, I don't even think it's a cap thing. I think it's a it's a procedural thing. They knew they were bringing Michael Dunn to the active roster. You're getting to the end of the week. You have your guys. You know, up until four o'clock Saturday, you you need to keep all your options open. He wasn't going to come in and start being in the meetings on Saturday morning. That would start tomorrow right. and Tuesday, right? So, you know, the Bengals aren't signing Joe Flacco because the Bengals are are saying we know our record and we know our situation. We we need to play Jake Brown. We need to go about other options. So, assuming you know nobody else, nothing else crazy happens in these games that are going now and in tonight's, like I, I would imagine that. I mean, maybe he bombed the workout. Maybe it's not going to work here, yeah. right? But I never expected it to to have to sign for, for it to be part of the plan, right? I just think it's a little crazy for people to say, put Flacco in next week. Like, no, that's, yeah. that's not how it works. He was on his right. couch. Like, he was golfing yesterday. Like, you don't go from yeah, your couch to starting NFL games on the road. Look, and sometimes we say in the realm of the Browns and we say some crazy thing. Guys, in the realm of the NFL, like, there are people who show up to work on Thanksgiving for an NFL team and are, and are starting games before Christmas. Like, this is what happens. Like, it can get crazy, and, and the stakes are only getting higher here, right? But, like, the Browns have a dream schedule, frankly. Um, winning this game today showed such guts by everybody, and it was a credit to the coaching and the management and the front office that added Dustin Hopkins and, and had guys ready and, you know, had their 53 subs running in and out. And, and James Hudson playing part of the game and DeWan playing part of the game, you know, Kareem Hunt coming off the couch and making plays for you. So like they've, they've earned the right to be in this spot and, you know, they're going to have to work like hell on getting more out of this offense. But this defense is so freaking fun and so freaking dominant. And um, again, it wasn't a perfect game. Like Kevin, not getting that challenge flag early in the game could have cost him. Not tackling Jalen Warren there could have cost them, right? Like all sorts of things go, but in the end, the defense gets the two stops in the offense, which had not just gone dormant, had gone backwards. All of a sudden, boom, 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 you're down. And then no doubter, field goal, and you run off seven and three. And so um, it's, it's, it's kudos all around. And, you know, so is the quarterback situation next, or, you know, is a quarterback insurance policy next? Probably. Um, how do you go about getting the quarterback more comfortable and, you know, getting more guys involved, you know, that's first Stefanski to do, but they, they've been doing it. And, and he and Alex Van Pelt and whoever it's been at quarterback have, have found a way. And like I said, they, they were a little bit fortunate on a couple that get tipped around or they were unfortunate on a couple that don't get caught. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that, that DCR can get a little bit better. I think it's fair to say he needs to get a little bit better. And you have winnable games here and, and you have a defense that absolutely nobody wants to play in a one-and-out situation. And 
with seven games left, you're three wins probably from getting to that one and out situation. Like you're, you've got a team here that you've spent shit tons of money on and a lot of resources. And here comes their third field trip team bonding to keep guys together. But you feel it. You feel it. Like the defensive tackle group a year ago, Jason was the worst in the league. It was terrible. And it leaked to ev- almost every area of the team. And this year, the defensive tackle group has been awesome. And like we talked about Miles and Denzel, but today Taki Taki and Okoronko were all over the place. Yeah. Right. So it's like everybody welcome. Ronnie Hickman's making a tackle on the sideline. He, he hasn't dressed for most games. Right. He's played some special teams in a couple of them. So like everybody's there. And then you just know they make the plays. They, the, the quarterback keeps his composure, runs them down there. They run, they, they manage it absolutely perfectly. And Hopkins trots on no doubter beat the Steelers. Uh, I don't care what the state of the Steelers is. And again, the Steelers got outgained, <laughs> you know, had been outgained in every game. Um, that defense is real and the Browns found a way. And so it didn't matter if it was 11 points or 13 or, or more. 13 was enough today and, and one good drive in the second half was enough. And so it, it's all, you know, positive from here and then get back to work and, and see what you can do. It would have been really tough on the Browns to give this game away, to write, to watch Josh Dobbs play on Sunday Night Football tonight, and then to go into a two-game road streak knowing that your quarterback had struggled, knowing that you're good enough to beat anybody because of your defense, but bad enough on off. You know, the momentum could have been a lot different, but the momentum is what it is. The record is what it is, and, and today should t- – I don't have the exact – the, the math will say 80-some percent Browns playoff chances. I don't think that takes into account playing a third-string quarterback. But the difference between winning and losing today could ultimately be the difference in you playing the second week of January or not. Uh, I got nothing left. you want to take whoever's in the queue? Yeah. There was someone earlier. No, I, I got to get to writing, but I want to read this, okay, um, to, exp- to expand on my, my point later. The Browns have run 182 more plays than their opponent this season. That's nearly double. The the next one, the Cowboys have run 92 more. The Cowboys are pretty good on wow. offense. Right? Um, NFL defenses have averaged about 63 plays per game this year. That means opposing defenses have essentially played three more games than the Browns' defense this season. That's because that's how, that's how good the Browns are getting off the field. And for the faults that the offense has had, that's how they've sustained the drafts. P.J. Freaking Walker went 12 plays, 80 yards in Indy. And Deshaun, after playing the worst first half you could play last week, brought him back in the second half in Baltimore. The Browns scored all three times they had it, and the fourth time they had a Greg Newsom score. And then today they did shit for all for the whole second half until they needed it, and they went right down the field like the Steelers weren't even there. Yeah. So, again, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say. I got it right, but kudos. Thanks to you guys for coming in and chiming in. Um, Thanksgiving week, I got a story I've been working on. I hope you like. We'll, we'll dive back in. To this but we're gonna go right right now and um then they're, they're headed to denver into california and i'm headed along too so keep following um keep reading and listening appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you soon